Welcome to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the Gentleman Nerds. The Gentleman Nerds are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various media endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, and popular culture. Many topics are discussed, so please be warned, there are the potential for many spoilers. If you like what you hear, you can listen to past shows on iTunes or on our website, thegentlemannerds.com. And now, enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, here in the Lobot Lounge, the Gentleman Nerds gather to discuss not one, but two fascinating topics. The Disney Plus miniseries, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and the amazing catalog of genre entertainment available on HBO Max, including shows like The Nevers, Mortal Kombat, Godzilla vs. Kong. In The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, six months after being handed the mantle of Captain America at the end of the Avengers, Sam Wilson teams up with Bucky Barnes, the former Winter Soldier, in a worldwide adventure that tests their abilities and their patience with each other. They encounter friends and foes, old and new, and set the stage for what might be the most important lesson Captain America can teach us all. On HBO, the platform has emerged as a real competition to Disney+, Plus, as the place to be for genre entertainment. Wonder Woman 1984, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, The New Space Jam, New Matrix series in December, Mortal Kombat, Godzilla vs. Kong, The Nevers, The Suicide Squad, animated series Harley Quinn, and the newly announced animated Batman and Superman series. In the age of COVID, HBO has begun to be an alternative to cinema attendees offering first-run movies in the comfort of your own home. Here to discuss these very interesting and important topics are... Mark Finn. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Aaron Diarive. Remember, folks, a wizard, a sorcerer is just a wizard without a hat. And <laughs> I am your host and emotional touchstone, Joseph Fotinos. Welcome to the Gentleman Nerds. Hello, Hi. my fellow nerds. How are you doing? It's been a while. It's been a while, folks. It has. It has. My goodness. You're just going through the HBO uh, uh, topics and, and talking about the stuff that they've got on there. I kind of, you know, just, just writing this quick intro, I realized, wow, there's a lot of stuff on there and more coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be really curious. Well, we we'll, we could start with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I, Mark, I'm going to be really kind of looking at you on the HBO section of this show because I, as a theater owner, I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts. Okay. I have thoughts. And I do. Thinky thoughts. Thinky thoughts. Thinky thoughts that thought the thoughts. That's right. Um, so, yeah. So, so okay. Let's uh, let's just jump right into this. I I really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was a completely different feel than WandaVision, of course. Right. Uh, but I was expecting that. But what I wasn't expecting, frankly, was this very real, hard-hitting, tackling topics that Disney and Marvel seem to skirt around in the past and doing it unabashedly forward. I mean, just, you know, talking about all kinds of issues of race and, 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 and uh, appearance and expectation and, and honor and duty and going back and making up for your sins, old and new, real or imagined. It was a very, very heady stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what, 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 what do you guys think? 
I uh, I gotta I gotta say uh, that uh, probably more than any other Marvel property, uh, the Captain America arm of the Marvel universe, the the Captain America tentacle on the Marvel octopus, if you will, has been I think the most consistent, and it continues to be my favorite out of all yeah. of them. And um, I was thinking about this uh, as I was watching the show. Uh, I, I think th- this is this is the deal. Once again, uh, I have to uh, check my comic history on this because these are topics that the comic book dealt with all the time. Yeah, this was a you know Captain America was punching punching Nazis all through the seventies. Uh, you know, it, it, in the same way that the Black Panther was tackling the Klan, uh, every single it seems like Captain America wasn't the only one that got frozen. Every single one of his villains ended up in some sort of suspended animation and then <laughs> yeah, got thought out with a new costume yeah, and then got true. to run around in the 1970s, which makes sense because this was the time that the trials, uh, that, the, that they were tracking down the last of the Nazis uh, oh. in real life. So it kind of, that parallels what was going on culturally. But these, these topics, especially with regards to the Falcon and how the Falcon was dealing with the 1970s and cap and and their role in it together yeah. uh this was this was all standard stuff and so it was gratifying to see it on the big screen and once again i'm going to default to um they can take whatever liberties they want as long as the characters are recognizable yeah and and i they continue to do this uh, now we've got a now we've got the movie reality, which has sort of supplanted that uh, the the comic book reality. But but at, at no point in time do you it, does anything that they do or say ring false to me. It all it mm-hmm. all works and 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 is a beautiful continuation. Dare I? I don't want to use continuity because you know how I feel about that. But they right. but the but the through line is is amazing. So right. okay. I couldn't be happier. Yeah, so, I mean, th- certainly this uh, the this series felt the most Marvel-y of all the stuff. I mean, the, the two things we've gotten so far. But um, I, and and overall, I'd say that I enjoyed uh, WandaVision more simply because it was so different. It was yeah. something I had not seen before. But that said, if you love Marvel and their formula and the way their movies look and the way their movies feel, um, then Falcon and Winter Soldier it steps right into that. It, yeah. it is exactly as if it was made by the same people that make the movies. Uh, and I agree with Mark. I the, the Captain America movies have been my favorite. In fact, my favorite Marvel movie of all time is Winter Soldier. Um, yeah. And I think it's just fantastic. It's just... It's paced so well. Uh, the, the characterization of Captain America is amazing, fantastic. I love the relationship with, with the Winter Soldier and ended up being Bucky and the conflict uh, as they're confronting each other. It really is just, uh, in my opinion, it's, uh, the Marvel has not gotten better than that. Um, and, uh, and so with that in mind, then yes. I mean, I saw this and was like, oh, hey, look, a Marvel TV show. Uh, which, whereas I was not saying that with WandaVision. With WandaVision, I was like, where is this going? What What are they going to do? You know, right, and, right. Uh, which I found very intriguing. But um, but no, I enjoyed it. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. If you love Marvel movies, you will like this series. It, it had a, a much more, um, I say realistic, but I mean, it had a little bit more of a um, espionage, um, frankly, 
Falcon and the Snowman. <laughs> See what I did there? Right. Kind of a kind of a, a a feel to it. It was a little, little bit more. You know, there's a lot of talking going on, and, and that's yeah. it wasn't just all slap slap and and, and battle and fight. there were some great action sequences to be sure, but it was very character driven. And Anthony Mackie as as Falcon, uh, as Sam Wilson really comes into his own here uh he's carrying the show in my opinion uh, not not to take anything away from from bucky um uh, sebastian stan but yeah. i really think this is anthony mackie's show mm-hmm. it is but i i, I you know I, I would disagree that that mackie's carrying it i think without the winter soldier this series would have been greatly diminished um the, oh, he, every yeah, every very important, scene sure. every single scene with the winter soldier from the moment where where the uh, Okoya is is saying the words and he's not yeah. triggering and mm-hmm. his scenes in the bar with with the old with the old Japanese man uh you know the uh, every scene with with winter soldier in them is just an emotional gut punch i mean yeah. and it's a tribute to Sebastian Stan as an actor that he can that he can pull that off that he can that he can carry that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I I thought I thought the Winter Soldier was amazing in this. I I, I really I do think it would have been diminished if it was just a show about Falcon. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. And it wasn't just show just about Falcon. And my I guess my 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 uh, this, the reason that I made that statement was the that last episode when mm-hmm. it was the Falcon speech yeah. that he gets to actually deliver this speech. And 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 Winter Soldier's watching, and along with everybody else, he takes Falcon takes center stage because he is now Captain America, right. yeah. and he's making this speech as Captain America and a black Captain America. Yeah. And to me, that was the linchpin moment of the show. Um, right. He had that moment. He had that speech, wearing this amazing Wakandan uniform that protects him now completely, except for his head, which I feel is quite quite odd. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They were. I think they were just trying to be true to the to the yeah, look yeah, in the comic. Yeah. yeah, but you know, logically, you're like, yeah, he's exposed up there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And especially he's flying at those velocities. You want right. you want you want a helmet. You want a goddamn helmet. <laughs> you definitely yes. The Rocketeer proved that. You know exactly. Yeah, but I like that that Falcon didn't abandon, or that excuse me, that the new Captain America did not abandon his roots, and he still has wings. He flies like a freaking eagle, yeah. and he's got that. Patriotic red, white, and blue America, the shield in hand, wings outstretched like an angel. I mean, it, it re- and the costume, the colors of the costume, it, it really does hit home. Yeah. Um, especially because there, he's been he's been told time and time again throughout the series, hey, you know, ain't nobody wanted Black Captain America. It's not going to happen. Nobody wants that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that moment to me was big, especially especially, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, in light of recent uprisings and turmoils and racial injustices to see this figure come forward in this show and embody America is I think something that that it is it's it's a watershed moment in my opinion yeah. and yeah. and by the way true to true to reality is non-american uh, uh, you know cyber ninjas have have uh, worked a, a, a weakness into the suit and they can deactivate it whenever they want so yeah that's very topical <laughs> well, just like go. just like Bucky losing his arm with a couple exactly. of place I mean, touches. Anytime the Wakandans want, they can come in and right. you know beep beep turn on the little with a little remote, and right. then the whole suit just falls apart. Yeah, right. yep. right. trust those guys. 
I, uh, I I love that, you know, I watched the making of afterwards, of course, because, you know, I, I can never get enough of this stuff. Unfortunately, I'm like a I'm like a crack addict with it. And uh, I love the fact that they had to spend part of the special effects budget smoothing out the gaps on yeah. his jawline <laughs> with yeah. the masks of all the, you know, and of course I, this is something I never thought of. I mean, and, and, and it's, I guess, a tribute to the makeup that it, that they did it as well as they did. You know, the, the, the digital effects were great, but um, you know, I wouldn't have thought that you would needed to have put something there like yeah. that, but, but they did. And so, uh, uh, it really did. Uh, what made me think of that was when you said that they were really trying to honor the look of the comics and yeah, they were, I mean, at this point, if they're spending, if they're spending CGI dollars to, to get that, you know, smooth spandex look, we have, we have completely hit a point in our development as a society where it's okay to show people in superhero costumes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Uh, and where, where it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know what I guess in the birth of superheroes and, and there was a I, I guess a, a trend to go we're going to go more realistic we're not going to do the crazy costumes we're going to be a little bit more grounded and down to earth and put them in a dark suit you know or whatever to see something like this this brightly colored costume that we can go yeah, but yeah. especially for Captain America it's a symbol it's very and, important. and someone remind me did did Zemo wear the mask in the movie. He did he, not, correct? He did not movie, wear the no, mask in the movie no, okay, at all. Okay. He was he all was right. completely out of costume. And well, right. then then it's a tribute to them that after watching several episodes of him with the Zemo mask, it, it I just assumed that he that was first introduced in the movie. Yeah. So yeah, the first yeah. time we saw that the, the mask uh, of of Helmut Zemo was uh, when he he picked it up from the car, and assume it was his father's. That, that's that's the the gist I got from it when he, he was picking up items from the old cars, and he looked and he saw the mask sitting in the dashboard, and he kind of pauses and smiles and takes it. Um, they they didn't they never talked about it. He wore it once, uh, yeah. kicked some ass, and then and then that was it. But there's more to it. There's a, there's a great amount of backstory. We're going to get into old Zemo in a bit here too. Because yeah. Yeah. No, I, Zemo, he, I was fascinated with Zemo in this yeah. because the, the, it's so weird to, to change his history like that. Right. He was not the son of a right. famous Nazi uh, who had his mask for some reason ad, ad, adhesived to his face permanently. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, what's the country called? That was destroyed. Slovakian. He was a Slovakian. Yeah, Slovakian. No, Sokovia. no, no, Sokovia, right. Sokovia, Sokovia. Yeah, Sokovia. He's a Sokovian special forces guy um, who, who I, I mean, I guess at the last minute they decided to make him Bruce Wayne. Um, he was, yeah, and, a baron. And that he was rich and, yeah, and he had a title and, and a butler. And, and I was like, okay. Um, again, none of that, none of that is established in the movie. Right. Um, which, you know, again, that I wondered in the movie, why even bother making him Baron Zemo? Why make right. him somebody else? Right. Um, so certainly the Zemo in the series is a lot more what I would have, would have expected from them adapting Baron Zemo. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but they really did seem, and, and this is not, it's not a criticism per se, but it is something that I thought, eh, it, it didn't quite gel for me. Right. The Zemo in the movie and the Zemo in the series are not the same character. They just sure. aren't. Right, right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They jazzed him up for sure to, to make him a little bit more like Baron Zemo from the comics. In fact, that was a great deal of why Daniel Brühl came back. They they basically came to him and said, play this character again. And this time you get to be a little bit more comic accurate. And look what we have in this special case for you. Oh, right. 
the mask. And he's like, oh, right. oh, I get to wear the mask. Oh, I'm in, you know. Yeah. I think Daniel Brühl is, as, as, as Helmut Zemo is to me, uh, in my opinion, one of the best Marvel villains out there. He was compelling, fascinating, interesting, um, humorous, sympathetic, sympathetic uh, dangerous. Um, you can't trust him. I mean, he 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 hit all those notes so well. And Daniel Brühl himself, as an actor, is is someone I just can't take my eyes off of. He's, he's no, he's incredibly compelling. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's amazing. And, and and of course, you got to remember through all this, you know, this is a this is a testament. Let's never forget that when he was introduced, he he was a mass murderer. Okay, yeah. so right. you know, and and a, and a terrorist. If we're going to be, you know, if we're going to split hairs, yeah. so I, I I I agree with you that it's not the same character. I do like the fact that uh, they gave him more to do. Of course, in Captain America: Civil War. You know, we, there's a lot going on with the heroes. We really don't have time for mm-hmm. the the villain, and 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 it's not that he's an afterthought, but they're so busy fighting amongst themselves, they don't realize they've got him as an enemy until you know in the middle of the second act. Yeah, you know, yeah. so so that's part of what I think. Uh, you know, of course, I wanted more Zemo, and you know, you know, he gets away at the end of the movie, and I was like, God, oh, okay, well, hopefully he'll come back at some point. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see them drop in these these details, yeah. but, uh, but, but I that's do- almost that's almost why Mark. I wish that they had used a different villain for the movie for Civil War, and then introduced Zemo, you know, as Zemo, what we would expect Zemo to be. Because well, it, I just in the movie he's not he's only Zemo because he's named that. Well, he has of- no other characteristic. That links him to the comic character. No one, one of one of the classic um, conventions of comics, if you will. Uh, you see it uh, in both Marvel and DC. Uh, is and, and and Marvel Marvel did did this formula one better because uh, frequently Marvel heroes would end up appear you know clashing. Uh, and getting in each other's way and actually fighting for a little bit until they realize, oh, we've got the same, you know, agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not the you're not the enemy, which is which is that uh, the big uh, takeaway from the Avengers movie, right? The first one, right. you know, right. uh, they're, they're all smashed together and 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 not getting along. And it and it actually is a through line in all the Avengers movies. I'm thinking of Doctor Strange and and uh, Tony Stark, of course. Yeah, right. but uh, for the there's always the the classic uh, issue where the hero has no choice but to team up with the villain, you know, right. the the enemy of my friend, you know, and right. so forth. Right. And uh, and so uh, I don't think you have that resonance without him being a mass murderer from the previous movie, which is why, of course, they freak out initially. We're not going to go see him. We don't have a right. choice. Ah, you know. Right. Uh, so I think there's, I, I, am I, I see what you mean. And, and I'm going to trust that, you know, they, cause I gotta tell you guys, you know, the, the number of disposable, uh, mid grade flunky style B villains, right. Oh yeah. That, oh, that yeah. permeate Marvel comics mm-hmm. is legion. Okay. There's absolutely yeah. no shortage of chuckleheads and fuckos who have a power suit and one thing going for them. The shocker. Can, well, the shocker is a perfect example, but you know, 
Iron Man fought a Iron Man fought a villain called the Unicorn. Whose no, power him. was he shot a laser off the top of his freaking yeah, head? No, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, oh my God! You know, and so so uh, the you know uh, uh, Constrictor. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Those the, the Justin Hammer era of of villains. Mm. You know, and we haven't even gotten into Blizzard. Uh, we haven't gotten into. Um, uh, Firebrand, Stiltman, that's just uh, the, the Legion. Oh, the, all the animal villains that that Spider Man gets to fight, including yeah. uh, the Mandrill, Kodiak. Oh, sorry, not Kodiak, Grizzly. Yeah. And he actually fought a villain known as the Kangaroo. So yeah. we have yeah. got no shortage of those people. And and honestly, if they're going to take the MC, if the MCU approach is going to be to take these characters and massage them and make them you know, give, give them some resonance, give them something to do. I'm all for that. I, I love it. You know, and and again, and and I'm, this is a big, what if, right? This, I, I, and I don't like when people do this and I'm about to do it, but if, if it's, if they're going to give us Zemo, why not? Why not for the series? I don't think we need to find the mass murderer and terrorist from, from civil war. We don't need him. He's completely unnecessary. He's, he's no longer even important in the Marvel universe. If, if we're going to have Baron Zemo, then bring in Captain America's past. Have this be the mm. son of somebody who served with Red Skull, who mm. who who was loyal to the Nazis, who's been hiding out in Argentina, whatever. Some rich dude who's a Baron, who has a title and a, a, a butler and all that money and all that. I, I just I really think it was a missed opportunity to make him actually Baron Zemo with ties to Captain America, ties to the Nazis, ties to Red Skull, rather than, oh yeah, he's that, he's that Sokovian terrorist guy that, that, you know, Mm -hmm. had a few lines in Civil War. And isn't he interesting? No, he wasn't terribly interesting. In Civil War, I mean, he, he did, I mean, he literally, he was responsible for breaking up the Avengers. He did what no other villain could possibly do. And he did it from within. Um, we, and it establishes him as this incredible manipulative character. Yes, I was I was upset when I heard Baron Zemo was coming in Civil War. I wanted the mask. I wanted the yeah. Nazi connection. I wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. I get it. They, they rewrote his history. So I was very pleasantly pleased and surprised to watch him walk around and get into a private jet with his fur-lined coat and his fancy <laughs> yes. purple mask, you know, with his butler serving champagne. And... I love the humor they gave him. They gave him yeah. they gave him a great sense of humor. And most importantly, like every good villain, he feels what he is doing is right. Oh, he yeah, feels yeah. he is the hero. That is exactly what a good villain does. So I would I get that. I totally get that. But but, but again, I would put he's Daniel a different Brooks character. I would he's put a Daniel different Brooks character. Brooks well, look at look at Loki. Look at Loki in the original Thor and look at him now. He's a different character. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to let them grow and change and do whatever. You, Marvel, paint them with whatever brush you want to paint them. But you give me good, solid acting and a character that I want to see more of, like Loki and Zemo now, in my opinion. And thank right, God right, they so, kill him. Let, all right, so thank let, God let me ask you this. Him. <laughs> this, is, this, is the ultimate, this is the ultimate test. Had Zemo in Civil War been a different character, would it have made any difference to the story? Had, 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 no, had no. he not been Zemo, had he no. not been Zemo in Civil War, yeah. some he was some Sokovian secret yeah. service guy or, or, yeah. or special forces guy named yeah. named Ralph. Would yeah. it have made any difference to the no, story? No, 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 no. Boner, Ralph Boner. 
Right. But right. My point being, <laughs> yeah. it would have made absolutely no, no difference. Loki, Loki has to be Loki. It's important. Loki must be Loki right. for him to work in every single Thor movie. Although Zemo, it doesn't matter. Zemo, Zemo could have been anybody. The but the linchpin here is Winter Soldier. The linchpin is the fact that he control. He set off the Winter Soldier. He and he knew everything about Hydra because he 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 made it his mission to avenge his family and his land. Remember the, the the great line he had about at the end of the day, the Avengers went home, you know, and all this crap happened. Yeah. He made he made it his his mission right. So he set off Winter Soldier, started the events. So it was huge for Bucky to walk into that room with him, and the very first thing that fucking Zemo does is start to say the words. <laughs> knowing, knowing that it's not going to work, but you just wanted to see how you reacted. I mean, that that's beautiful. That's a beautiful right. no, freaking no, moment. Not, that yeah, would I'm not, not happen. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying it was handled badly. Yeah, you know? no, I, I think it was important for, for that connection. I, I know what you're saying, Aaron. They, right. they did a lot of rewrites on him, right. and that's fine. I, it didn't bother me at all. I was like, okay, he's a Baron now? Cool. <laughs> yeah. And even... Because we, we were right there with Falcon. Falcon going, wait, wait, you're rich? What? You're rich? It's like, yeah, you know, I was a Baron. Okay. Yeah. I, again, right. I, 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 they've just gone. Marvel has been really good about this. This is one thing I'm going to give them super kudos for. Yeah. Marvel does not shy away from giving you as close to the, the comics version of a character yeah. uh, when they present somebody, right? <laughs> Even if you, we would think it would be a ridiculous kind of a character, they right. do it. Marvel gives it to you. Like, here it is. There it is. There's the character. They might change the costume a little bit, you know, to make him not look so goofy or whatever. And so, again, this is just, it, maybe it's a personal quirk, yeah. but the fact that Zemo in the series wasn't the Zemo that we had all along, I think is, is a shame because the Zemo in the series was fantastic. Yeah. The Zemo in the movie didn't have to be Zemo. It 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 would make no difference to the story if that was not Zemo. Whereas mm -hmm. it would make every difference to the story if Loki wasn't Loki. Do you, you, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, and and I and I and I follow you. I follow you. I, I just yeah. I have a fondness for Daniel Brühl. I have a fondness for the character. Hell, I'm putting together a cosplay that I'm just all about because which just, looks I think... fantastic, folks. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, Joseph looks fantastic as as a Baron Zemo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we may we may do a, a screenshot and post it or whatever. But uh, yes, yes. I'm 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 just I mean I'm compelled with this character. Uh, I'm compelled with his his motivations. I'm compelled with his his mannerisms. Working on an accent. I mean, just I love. I just I I mean I I just think that's a fantastic character. So right. enough about old Baron Zemo. Let's okay. talk about the power broker Sharon Carter. Oh, boy. When we she returns, and the last time we saw her was in uh, Civil War, where she um, uh, steals Captain America's shield and Falcon's wings and and helps them um, during the their battle with Tony Stark and the and the other side of the heroes. But as a result, you know she's ostracized and she has to run and her family doesn't talk to her anymore. She had to go in hiding, um, you know, and, and it ended up in. Um, Oh, what's the name of that uh, nasty town? Um, Madripoor. Madripoor. Yeah. And Madripoor a, was a yeah, right. That's um, a great thing to to quietly introduce. It uh, is. Which, it is. And, and hopefully that's going to show up later, and people are going to yeah, go. That's hey! fantastic. And right. all the comic guys are going to go. Yeah, we told you. You could have yeah, been reading no, this in fantastic. the ninth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play little league. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> By the way, I have a theory. I have a theory, Joseph. Okay. All right. Uh, she's a scroll. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's not actually her. She's a scroll. 
And 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 they're going to work her into the secret invasion. Okay, that works. Just I mean, theory. I, I, just theory. Wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't bother me if she was a scroll. I'm curious who is really pulling the strings here. Um, you know, could there was there was some uh, uh, rumor that the power broker brokering power for the person who's really the puppet master who's really pulling all these strings. Who who she was talking to at the end of the of the series on the phone. Yeah. Um, you know. Could there be a, uh, a, a certain, you know, doctor out there somewhere uh, sitting in his, you know, uh, Latvian land pulling strings? I mean, are they are they reaching that far? Are they doing something big? Is it a big, big bad like Doom? I mean, wh- what's going on? Uh, and that's a scroll. Cool. <laughs> it's it's a scroll. Yeah. But I don't believe I don't to? believe for a second. Again, maybe it's just, you know, another character that changed. Right. But her character is so inconsistent in the series that that cannot be the same character that's been helping Steve in the movies and is the, the niece of Peggy. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I have no problem with characters changing and getting into dark places. I really don't. So, sure. so it was, a, it was an interesting and her motivation was actually pretty legit as well. Just like Zemo's when she said I had nothing, I was, I was literally abandoned. You guys all got pardons and pats on the back from the president. I had to run. Nobody, yeah. nobody bothered to take care of me. So yeah. yeah, I ended up here, and I thought, well, hell, I've got all these skills. I got a, I got a, a bit more of an edge and a chip on her shoulder. So I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like her arc off screen we missed because suddenly she shows up like Daenerys Targaryen as a completely different person. You're like, right, who is right. this? Right, but as a member of Shield, right, as a member of Shield, yeah. uh, she would have had the 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 biggest opportunity or access to uh, to Fury, right? Yeah. But and who is Fury hanging out with right now? Where is Fury right now? On a scroll ship with the scrolls. So again, this is why I, she's either she's either deep deep a deep cover a deep plant trying right. to uncover who the real puppet master is mm-hmm. on the instructions of Fury. Um, or she's a scroll, and either to help, again, either working for the scrolls that are helping Fury, or or with another nefarious reason. Yeah. Um, but to me, it just seemed like uh, uh, that's the kind of decision somebody makes. Like, hey, we need an interesting twist for this character. I know she's bad now, well, and, and it just seemed I, arbitrary. I will tell you, in the comics, she uh, she does some morally gray stuff in a in a spook. Uh, CIA agent kind of way. Okay. So that's not, that's not, not off the reservation per right. se for her, you yeah. know, they, yeah. they, but in uh, the comments, was she doing it for a, in her mind for a greater good for a, for a, for a more noble purpose. She was, you know, uh, uh, crossing into gray territory to catch a bigger fish. Um, you know, I don't remember. Uh, I just remember that Brubaker, uh, wrote her with some, with some with some shadow, you know, okay. she wasn't. She, you know, Shield of the nineteen seventies are basically super spies that could have been the precursors of GI Joe, right. uh, but but Brubaker's Shield and Sword uh, and uh, and even uh, his reworking of of Bucky and Captain America was was all in kind of like um. Well, just, there was just a veneer of shadow on it, you know. Okay. His, uh, okay, fair enough. He he uh, he used Bucky as 
the uh the 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 dirt the he's Bucky was the wet work guy in Captain America's outfit in World War II. The way right. Brubaker writes him, Captain America can't be seen killing people because there's newsreel cameras following him and photography everywhere and and GIs are are paying attention and so he's got to he's got to have that upper hand and so Bucky's the one that sits in the trees with the sniper rifle and takes out yeah and yeah. and clears the, clears the path for him to run into the bunker so oh that's fantastic yeah. I didn't oh know. yeah yeah no so 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 some of this uh, stuff is is they're they're pulling from from the comics that they've been working on for the last couple of decades. Okay, and, uh, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I mean, and again, I, overall, it gelled very well for me. I didn't really, nothing really stood out as being, well, that's odd, except, and, oh. and, and we'll, 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 we'll jump into this real quick before we move on. Um, John Walker, U.S. agent slash Captain America. Yeah. Um, I know it's a it's a miniseries. I know they don't have a whole lot of time with him. So, but I felt his arc was rushed, and and I think that was just a matter of of the the constraints of what they were dealing with in terms of time. Yes. Yeah, for him, no, according, to, according to the interwebs, many people agree with you, Joseph. They, okay. they do feel his arc was rushed. It was and a good arc, but let, it seemed like. Let, it, let me say this: I think that there's two different people who feel that the arc was rushed. Okay. Joseph feels the arc was rushed because maybe we didn't get enough information or maybe we didn't see enough character development. Um, and, uh, but, but for the comic book people, they feel his arc was rushed because they're forgetting that the U S agent, uh, developed over five years of comics right? <laughs> and they're yeah. mad that 60 issues of, of comic history couldn't have been smashed into, you know, a six issue miniseries. Yeah, um, sure. But that's all that being said, they did hit the high notes. They got the close notes. They did. And they, did. they managed to do it without. I mean, I think they did. I honestly think they did a better job in the, in the comics. U.S. agent uh, comes off as a comic book psychopath. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's he he his his attitude is closer to that of the Punisher uh, than anything, and uh, and and there's a point at which you know he's wearing the the he ends up wearing a costume that's black and red and white, uh, you know, and uh, and that and that fits, and he's always got this like maniacal grin on his face, and uh, it's not a you know because the the thing is is the other deal is that the the serum that they give him you know makes him a little you know. Crazy, and of course they they talked about that in the show. You know, it amplifies what you already are, so so that worked. But uh, here, he's not he's not necessarily a bad person, but he's a career soldier. And this this to me is the heart of the issue. And everybody that's complaining about this that Captain America would never do blah, or he never did this in the comics blah, suck it. All of you can suck it. Because here's the difference right here. Steve Rogers cares about people and always has. It's always yeah. been the American people that he cares about. Steve Rogers is the one that jumps on the grenade to save the general and Peggy from being blown up in boot camp. All right? Yep. yep. The U.S. agent is enacting the agenda of the United States government. Mm. 
And the, the, the thing about agendas and governments is that, that they do not always have people in mind. In fact, they frequently don't. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. right there is the difference between yeah. the two characters. And that's why, you know, that's why he could never be Captain America. He is great at enacting policy. He's right. a he's a phenomenal soldier. And and that's not to say he's not a, a good person, but he is able to compartmentalize and do that soldier's work, you right. know, shoot people, kill them you know, interrogate somebody in order to save the greater good. None of that is anything Steve Rogers would do. Yeah, and, and, and the more of the, 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 what this, um, this, in fact, I got to tell you this, this series, this mini series was the series that made me realize that the Captain America stuff was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, with, with Spider-Man being a very, very like microscopically close second place. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that to me is the difference right there between the two characters. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy that they gave, gave uh U.S. agent a little shade because uh, n- nobody in this, in this, sh- in the show has really been um, the, the, the villains had, none of the villains have really been one dimensional. They might've not had a lot of development, but right. but you can look at all of them and understand why they're doing what they do, whether it's you know uh, revenge or for you know some uh, some twisted sense of balance or money or uh, you know all that stuff has always me- there there's there's a logic behind it which I find uh, uh, I think is brilliant right. and one of the things that separates these these stories from other superhero uh, fare. No, no doubt, no doubt, and and I and I I want to. You mentioned character development. We're going to see, I think, more of him. We're going to see Zemo again. I think we're going to see uh, Sharon Carter again. Um, we're probably going to definitely see Julia Louise Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine oh, yeah, again, yeah. even yeah. though she was basically teased at the end of this, basically a, con- a contessa. Um, I, I, but. The Flag Smashers, the group themselves, the character of, of Carly Morgenthau was a male in the comics, if I'm not mistaken. Was it, yes. was it was the man uh, with the Flag Smashers? Changing changing the character into a female and giving the character a different a different type of motivation based on the snap and everything that was happening with the uh, with the, the the relocation, you know, and everything like that. I mean. I really kind of enjoyed her point of view as well. Although she jumped the shark there towards the end, in my opinion, when she started threatening Sam's family, whether or not she was going to do it or not. I thought, whoa, whoa, that's, that's a little harsh, but she was willing to do what she needed to do in order to, to, to save her people. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess going back to captain America, you know, people, right. So she, Remember the guy that, uh, that, uh, us agent killed with a shield. I can't remember his name, but yes, he did. He just has this great monologue at the graveyard talking about how he, he, he looked up to Captain America and wanted to be like Captain America. And, you know, gosh darn it. Now you're going to get killed with the shield. <laughs> it's just harsh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just harsh. I, 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 that, that kind of thing makes me just kind of, oh, man, wince. But I don't see Carly's motivation as being, and neither did Sam, being wholly wrong. Right. Right? I mean, right. it's just the way yeah. you do it. Yeah, and I do think that uh, I, f- I feel like uh, in, in specifically where um, where where Flag Smasher is is uh, 
coming from. You know, th- there's th- there's nothing that's inherently masculine about him. In other oh, words, yeah. he he as a as the as that character in the comics, you know, he can you don't have to be a male or a female, right? I mean that that that, that the gender was not implicit, but yeah. I I do think. Again, this is sort of what they're doing with Zemo. You know, I gotta t- I gotta tell you, most of Captain America's uh, storied villains, the ones that we could all like name and point to with with relative ease, all of them are basically the same kind of character. They're Nazis. They're descendants of Nazis. They're reincarnated Nazis. They're Nazis who touched a thing and became godlike Nazis. Um, one of them's a fascist, not a Nazi, pretty close. You know, there, there's just, yeah. it's, it's a list. And so, uh, well, it's the I, big three, right? Robots, wizards, and aliens. Is that right? The, yes. <laughs> and, and so I think if you're going to give, um, if you're going to go through caps rogues gallery and why, yeah. why shouldn't you, I think it behooves them to shade these characters in interesting ways. They can still behave, like radicals, reactionaries, firebrands, and these days terrorists, you know, which because I think that fits. Yeah. But I think we maybe avoid. And now, Joseph, I want you to, I want you to, Joseph, I need you to calm down, okay, just for one second. <laughs> the reason why they may be avoiding all of these other uh, characters is because they've already got a great Nazi, and they're going to bring him back. Oh, he, he's. There's Hashtag, nothing to say that Red Skull could not actually live. You are correct. He, there's no actual. He's alive. He's living. He's That's true. He's somewhere. he's in a he's in a he's in a well, state. Well, yeah, you can call what his existence is living. Yes, he's he's a ghost, basically. Well, we're, no, no, we're also he's, he's not a ghost. He's he's literally no, physical. no, he's a ghost. No, he's not no. living. It's not like he sits and eats and and goes to the bathroom. <laughs> well, he's no, no, a ghost. No, no, no. You know, he's not a ghost. A ghost implies a ghost implies dead, and that's not what he is. But he's, he's not alive. He's, he's transubstantiated. Yes. Exactly. He is in another he's, state. He's like a cosmic. Spirit. He is cosmic, Aaron. Right. He's cosmic. But he's like a spirit. He's no, not, he's not. He's, he's not, physical. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Video, not according yes. to the Russo brothers. Here, according to the, the Russo here's, brothers, their their thing is now that Red Skull, the the the, the stone was taken from him. The question was, what's he doing now? Now, mind you, the stone's back, but who knows? The question was, what's he doing now? And the Rooster Brothers, like, he's free to do whatever he wants. He can leave the planet now and pursue whatever aims he wants. Mm, I don't and don't forget, don't forget, we're about to get a multiverse. Hashtag Red Skull Lips. Hashtag, hashtag Red Skull. Hashtag multiverse will fix all of our problems. That's true. So, yeah. um, no, I, anyway. I, I, will gladly, I will gladly admit that Red Skull is still around. But to say that it, he's just like the normal Red Skull, just like the guy back in Nazi Germany. No, no he's not. He is cosmic. He is in another state. He is he's he's cosmic. more like a ghost than he is a living person. Uh, don't say ghost. Ghost ghost <laughs> implies if, if, dead. If you showed up on his planet, right? When when he comes out and says, I will lead you to the and you pull out a gun and went blam, 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 blam. He would look at the he would look at his body, look back at you, smile, and say, I will lead you to the he is not a physical flesh and blood being we're gonna time. we're gonna have he to might really become disagree one on again this because cosmic. this is he might become one again but he's he is cosmic a, aaron c-o-s-m-i-c cosmic i am fine with that but that does not mean he's a flesh and blood i'm gonna suggest he's a cosmic ghost and can do what he wants oh i like that cosmic ghost okay i'll go with cosmic ghost you know it it is very clear to me that this is transcendent beyond our concept of dead or alive now now right. that he's free and done, he can pop back to Earth and be 
be as flesh and blood as you and I, but still cosmic, Silver Surfer cosmic, Galactus cosmic. No, no, no. I think he becomes back to life. He's, he's not going to be cosmic anymore. I think once he's freed from Vormir or wherever that planet is, then he becomes flesh and blood again. But he was trapped. He was cursed and trapped, and he, he spent was. how many, who knows, up there doing what yeah. he was doing. Yeah, well, clearly, um, as long as since since World War II, right? Well, on Earth time, anyway. Yes, yes. We don't we don't quite understand yeah. how that works. No, that's true. Uh, hey, you, do you guys have HBO? I do. God, yes. Thank you, because that's a great segue into our next segment. Good <laughs> Lord. HBO, mm. gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. No longer, it, hey, Beastmasters on. No, no, no longer are we watching reruns of of, of that. Although they do have a, a pretty good library of back stuff too. But it's 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 their new stuff. It's their genre stuff. It's their amazing premieres that everyone must get HBO to watch this. Holy moly, do we got to see this? You know, um, I just realized that uh, Zack Schneider's Army of the Dead is going to premiere on HBO. And and that's that's another biggie. Um, I, oh, I, 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 went, thought, I thought that was on Netflix. Was it? Yeah, Netflix? yeah Netflix's Army of the Dead. Um, but uh, The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It oh, is going yes, to be there. But I like the idea, and this is where I'm going to turn to you, uh, uh, Mark, because being a theater owner, you have some definite thinky thoughts on this. Because oh, boy. We're, we're putting <laughs> premiere first-run must-see tentpole summer blockbuster movies. Although, Aaron, you'll be interested to know that Dune is not going to HBO. No, I know. I see that. In fact, yeah. uh, the recent announcement, this is going to weigh on this too, fellas. The recent announcement of AT&T basically combining HBO, Warner, Discovery Plus. I mean, they, they've thrown all that together and they've sort of removed themselves because AT&T owns them. Um, and they're going to focus on research and technology, and they're going to leave the entertainment arm of the company to people that they feel are more suited to those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, so it's interesting to see where this is going to go over the next year or two, because now it's all being lumped together. Huh. Um, but yes, but the part of part of the decision uh, to do that is there was such pushback. When they were going to force Villeneuve to put Dune on HBO, and right, uh, right. they put they put Wonder Woman on there, they put uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, there was such pushback by the creatives that Warner was getting worried that some of these heavy hitter directors and 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 filmmakers were not going to want to work with Warner anymore. Right, right. So they they handed it over to somebody who has a lot more experience in entertainment. I forget what the gentleman's name is, but he's in charge now. And he's the one that basically said, no, uh, Dune is going to be a theatrical release because he wants to keep Villeneuve happy. Um, and come on, quite honestly, my God, Dune has to be a theatrical release. How, no, there's, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, how could you not want to see Dune on the big screen? Uh, so, yeah, no, there is so much being reshaped right now. It's really, really sort of a tumultuous time for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So. My gosh, uh, it seems like Disney Plus has a little competition. It is a lot of uh, a lot of great genre stuff coming directly to HBO, and yeah. um, I am I for one find it refreshing that uh, that the Mouse House doesn't own everything in the world. Yes, thank God, right? <laughs> right. It's yeah. like if Div Disney Plus is the home for your Marvel fix, HBO is the home for your DC fix. Yeah. 
Zack Schneider's Justice League went to HBO, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the animated series I mentioned, the uh, Suicide Squad will be going on to, and theaters as well. And yes, Mark, yes. It, I, I'm turning the spotlight to you because here you go. You have a great new summer blockbuster movie premiering at your theater, but at the same time, on the same day, it's premiering on HBO. All right, let's talk about this for just okay. a second. Let's do it. So this is, a, this is one of those deals where um, it's good to be small, okay? I cannot speak for the Grapevine 37 and the East Haverbook 140 and the Regal Cinema 79s of the world uh, because they have a different economic model than we do. And frankly, the fix is in on those guys anyways. It's, it's, a, it's a racket. But... With regards to my small town and my two-screen theater, um, it's to HBO's credit and detriment that you really need a big, wide-open uh, pipe for streaming their hmm. stuff. I frequently, uh, you know, we, we still have copper lines out here, and those copper lines uh, will carry the internet to us, but uh, not not greatly. Um there is a company right now doing fiber optic and I've got it. And, uh, it's only in a couple of select areas. Thankfully I'm downtown and they were the first ones to get this fiber optic line. So I'm able to get it, but a lot of people in town don't have it. And even the ones that do, you know, here's the deal. Kong versus Godzilla. I'm going to tell you something. If you if you didn't watch it on the big screen, you didn't really see it. That's yeah. that's a movie that begged for the, the the prestige format, you know. So um, I, I get what they're doing, and uh, but but with regards to us, and right now, Warner Brothers is the company to beat, uh, not just uh, in in the streaming wars, but 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 nationally, because they're the only ones putting movies out, guys. Yeah, uh, I had yeah. I had a crowd for Wonder Woman 1984. I had crowds for Tom and Jerry. I had crowds for Kong and Godzilla, because because people wanted to come back to the to the movies and yeah. you know in even even my town we you know everybody wore masks they spread out in the seats and they had a ball because some of this stuff I mean m maybe not the Maybe not the quiet, uh, you know, thriller, uh, you know, murder mystery that that doesn't necessarily need a big screen release. Uh, and, and honestly, you could watch that on HBO because that's the other arm of HBO right now is is spooky mm -hmm. stuff that makes you look at your wife or husband and go, you wouldn't do that to me, would you? Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that uh, in, in, in our case, it's not hurting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I hate to admit too. Because I, like everybody else, was on the was the one screaming, uh, "Don't do this to us!" You know, it's right. bad enough that that Disney keeps pulling stuff back and keeps throwing stuff on there. Please don't do this to us. And I held my breath right up to Wonder Woman 1984, but when that hit and mm -hmm. and I and I had people here, I just breathed a sigh of relief. And then it happened again, and then it happened again, yeah. and it's gonna and it's gonna keep happening. And honestly. Um, you know, until Black Widow, or well, actually, until Cruella, Cruella in uh, next week is going to be the 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 movie that pretty much uh, decides for 
Disney, what they're, you know, what, what's really going to happen. Uh, that'll be the first actual Disney movie. I'm not talking about the, the animated thing that came out earlier this year. Yeah. That's not connected to anything. Cruella is a Disney villain. Now is, is Cruella going straight to vid? I mean, uh, straight to the theaters or is it doing both as well? They're, they're doing the premium format. And so this is the deal. This, this is why <laughs> it hurt Raya, uh, greatly. You know, uh, Raya was not, based on a book or a, a TV series or a comic or a remake of anything or a Disney property already. It was just an animated feature that was f- fascinating and full of whimsy and, and not Pixar. So, uh, you know, that could, it's the kind of thing that could have been put out by DreamWorks or Illumination. It could have been any other company doing it. it there wasn't anything quote unquote Disney about yeah. it. So, yeah. um, in this case, you know, here's here's the economics of Vernon, Texas. All right. Uh, let's say you and your lovely wife, Joseph, are in Vernon and you want to go see a movie and you're sitting in the in the uh, in the hotel and HBO is on and you have the option of buying it uh, through your service for twenty nine ninety five. You can sit in the hotel room and watch it on the on the thirty six inch hotel room television for thirty bucks. And, you know own it, I guess, if you want to, or you can leave your hotel or your house. You can drive four minutes to the Vernon Plaza theater. You can buy yourself two tickets and you can get a combo deal, which lets both of you have a small popcorn and a small drink. And that costs $24 and 79 cents. And now you've saved five bucks You've gotten out of your house. You've come out of your cave. You've emerged from the bunker for a couple of hours and done what movies do, which is take you to someplace else. That's the whole point of going and sitting in a dark theater, you know? And so you have all that going for you. And, and, but, but here's the deal. Most people sitting at home don't want to spend 30 bucks to find out if they like a movie or not. They'll happily buy it. If the kid likes Raya, but to buy it sight unseen and have the kid watch it once or worse, get up in the middle and go, I want to go do something else. No parent's going to do that. So there you go. So, so HBO is the better deal, frankly, you know, uh, you, you get it for a month, uh, that way, uh, if you, if you have the max and then it, you know, it goes away and something else comes out. Uh, I think they're, what they're doing is they're, they're taking it off and then bringing it back when the, when it goes to, to DVD Blu-ray. So Wonder Woman 1984 is about to come back just in time for the Blu-ray drop. Ah. But, but that's the, I think that's really the difference here mm. uh, is that if, if people have a chance to go to the movies, they will at yeah. least in so far as my part of the world is concerned. Well, uh, and the, the, the real factor and, and we didn't mention it or mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but you know, the COVID numbers are going down. Vaccinations are out. People are, the CDC has said, if you're out and about and you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. I think people are loosening that. Um, agree or disagree, however you feel about that. This is what's going on in the world right now. We are getting back to a semblance of normalcy. Yeah. So can HBO continue to do what they've been doing? Will will movies, and, and Dune, I think, as far as I know, is the first one that says, you know what? We're not doing the HBO thing anymore. We're going dur- only to theaters. Yeah. Um, all the other big movies that are lined up, as far as I know, like the Suicide Squad and and the the, the new Space Jam and and the animated Matrix or the Matrix series or whatever, 
The Devil Made Me Do It, The Conjuring. They're all still going to HBO at the same time. But, you know, Dune creatively, and I understand that, you know, uh, it's like, no, we have to, we got we to get this on the big screen. We have to get this on the big screen. Yeah. Um, and and th- that's legit, but it, I it, think could, it could work for them if they follow the, the, the formula that Disney plus has set. Actually, um, you can do movies, you can do the big summer tentpole movies, right? Like Dr. Yeah. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's always going to go to the theater, but then you do WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, mm-hmm. but you do the HBO version, right? You do something with Superman or Flash or or Green Lantern or Aquaman or whatever it is. You do, you do a smaller budget, uh, more contained series and just do six episodes, right? Do six episodes. Right, right. And then, but then that launches you into, so before you do, as an example, before you do the next Aquaman movie, show what Aquaman's been doing between the first movie and what will eventually be the second movie. Have six episodes of Aquaman doing Aquaman stuff with Jason Momoa, just like Disney Plus does it. In which case then, yeah, people (laughs) would still want to get HBO because they want to see that Aquaman miniseries or series, limited series, yeah, right. and, better, then, and then go the see Atlantis the big movies. Yeah. Right. And then go see, and then, yeah. oh, wow, in the movie, he's actually fighting, you know, whoever he's fighting in the movie. Do, um, do, so do I think then way. it could happen. Well, now, Black Widow. And by the way, that well, was their plan with, with Dune. So Dune was right. going to go to the movie, and then there was a series called The the, the Sisterhood about the Benny Jesuit. That was going to be a series on HBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, you could do a series about the guild. You could do a series about the Benny Jesuit. You could do there. There is so much potential. Um, I think it's just a matter of identifying what property, uh, right. what idea is meant for, for for the big for the big show, the big screen, and right. what property can we do smaller now, on streaming? Black, Black Widow was supposed to go big screen, but of course, COVID shut everything down. They pushed, they pushed, they pushed. They, pushed, they basically put it on a shelf. And now it's announced that it's coming to theaters and yeah. at the same time, but you have to pay a little extra premium to watch Black Widow, yeah, that's right. from yeah. what I understand. So yeah. the question is, do you want to stay at home and spend $30 right. at home right. watching Black Widow? Now, uh, some people, for some people, that's going to be a, a pretty good deal. Mar- Died in the World Marvel fans that don't want to get out will 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 do that and not think twice about it. Right. Yeah. But uh, for a lot of the people who are who are really... Tired, who are starving for attention. You know, they want to. They want to go out. They want to do something. They want to get out of their houses. They're sick of looking at each other. Uh, I really think that the movies are going to be are going to be just fine. Everybody's been worried about them. I think. I think the movies are going to come back uh, better than ever. In fact, there is yeah, a, there's a uh, there's a thing that's happening uh, in in June. Um, I will tell you what it's called. It's, I believe it's called National Movie Week. Let me just double check and make sure that I'm not telling you the wrong thing because I want to, I, I want to get it right. Um, but the uh, it's a it, the independent uh, cinema uh, uh, consortium is um, is is doing this as a as a as a program to sort of uh, hype the uh, the magic of the movies. Uh, cool. It's yeah, it's 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 a whole week worth of stuff. Uh, that's the week of the t- June twenty first 
through 25th, I believe, or the, the, the starting the 25th through anyways, it's a week long thing. There's going to be like extended trailers with like extra scenes and things like that for upcoming features. I'm sure there's going to be some like must see stuff. We may even see like a, a lengthy Dune trailer. I mean, I don't know, but it's yeah. all going to be like exclusive to the cinema experience, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's going to be a very cool, cool thing. I think, yeah. um, so so yeah, I, I think we're we're ready to. I I really feel like that's going to absolutely uh, be uh, uh, a, a lot of folks are worried about nothing. Now that said, Regal Cinema and uh, Cinemark, those guys are still in big trouble. They're they're bailing water, you know. Oh, they and, really? Huh. Well, yeah, because because they a lot of them still haven't opened back up, you know, um, and uh, they're a they're a a theater system that is based on a robust um, field of films yeah. that, that, that run the gamut from out this week to have been playing for two and a half months and are now in the smallest of the 18 screen theater that they, that right. they have. Right. Well, there's not 18 movies out right now. <laughs> there's barely 10. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you put in those things? Yeah. Cause, and, and here's the deal doubling up, not going to matter. You don't have enough people coming back. So yeah. th they're going to be, they're already there. That was already a model that was predicated on, uh, treating people like cattle and just shoving them in, yeah. uh, with yeah. no regard to customer service. So I don't know how, how, how they come back from that. Well, yeah. and and that, that it affected everything. TV, movies. I mean, it, it, the making of the things. They all had to be shut down. I mean, COVID. COVID had a huge ripple effect throughout the entertainment world. I <laughs> yeah. like the idea that there are ways that we manage to get through it and get past it and actually go. You know what? We can do this at, at home. I think for the time that it was happening, the HBO, you know, uh, entertainment mecca was vastly important, and I think still is to a certain point. I like the fact that we had that option. I don't necessarily want to see all my movies at home. I'd much rather go to the movies. Right. Um, no. And, and, yeah. and I think, I think honestly, that that's the key. The key is uh, you save, you save the big bucks for the big screen, right? That's where you have your infinity war and, and your end game and all that. Right. Your black then, widow, your eternals, your right. But, but not to let there be carnage. Yeah. And streaming, you, you have the same. And this is this is where Disney, I think, has has paved the way and shown that, no, you don't, as it used to be, right? You don't cast somebody else in the roles for the TV, right? You don't get the TV actor to play Spider-Man on, on, on the series. Nobody wants to see that. No, you get Tom Holland. You get Tom Holland right. to be in a limited Spider-Man series streaming, you know, found on Disney. And then right. people will watch that. You guys, uh, I, I would lose my mind if that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, well. but why? But why wouldn't it? Right. The, yeah. It seems to me that that actors would want to do that. They're just they're, all they're doing is working, making more money, getting more visibility. And they know if it's something that Marvel is doing, it's not going to be inferior quality. Tom Holland no, doesn't have to worry right. that he's going to end up stuck with shitty writers. I mean, it's gonna, they've they've all been uh, really pleased with the character development that, you know, yeah. more more screen hours equals, you know, bigger arcs. OK, so it's called Cinema Week and it starts June 22nd. Okay. And uh, so if you're interested uh, in that, you can get online and, and Google it. Uh, 
The, yeah, it's just going to be, uh, it's going to encourage movie going is what it is. Uh, okay. nice. so, nice. uh, yeah. So, so that, go ahead. No, no, just, that's it. It was in support of the exhibition industry and movie going culture. Whoa, so for, for those of us that, that this stuff really matters for, you know, even if yeah. I didn't open a theater, I would, it, it would still matter to me. So I, 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 I say that with, without any, uh, yeah. trace of irony, you know, for, for all of us, for whom this is a, a big deal, um, June 22nd is the week you want to consider if you, if you, if you haven't, if you haven't been thinking about going out, this might be the, the thing that gets you over that hump. So, yeah. right. Well, I, and, and not to bring everything back to star Wars, but we all know it all <laughs> comes back to star Wars, but I was thinking about this today. Disney plus, you know, they have all these Star Wars series coming out, but have they announced an actual movie movie? Another Star Wars movie? Are we just all going to be series on Disney Plus now? I haven't heard of any Star Wars movie. Have you? I, right. I think. I, I mean, I know that there's probably one in development. I have no yeah. doubt that they're working on something. Okay. But, you know, I know they yanked, uh, you know, they were going to give uh, Ryan Johnson, right? Oh, you're going to get your own trilogy. Well, right. that. That didn't work out after the fiasco of The Last Jedi. That's right. Um, yeah. But but I'm sure they're going to find some director and they're going to go back to Star Wars movies on the big screen. But, you know, clearly The Mandalorian and, you know, even this animated show, the, 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 the what is it? The, the Bad the, Batch. The, yeah, The Bad Batch. And, and with the upcoming Boba Fett uh, miniseries, I mean, yes, oh, it's Obi-Wan clearly Kenobi. streaming yeah. works. Streaming works yeah. for Star Wars. Why not? Let's continue that cash cow. Andor. Andor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andor. Andor. Uh, so, so, no, I mean, uh, there's for me, there's no reason uh, uh, to do both. There's absolutely no reason to do both. You just pick, pick carefully which project you're going to do for what. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you guys. Uh, right now, I'm not missing Star Wars as a movie. I, I'm really enjoying. What I was going to say series. that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. That it has it plays so much more interesting to me as something you come back to and watch episodes of. Oh, Mandalorian God, yeah. was 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 must see appointment television, which I haven't yeah. had in a long yeah. time. I know, right? Mandalorian was a more satisfying Star Wars experience for me than anything else except the original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I've I was I I I haven't felt that that excited about Star Wars since yeah since uh, the first three, yeah. you know, my you first know, three, not the prequels. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's Friday. I gotta be there. I mean, no, I'm not missing that. You know, we're making no. we're making an appointment television. We're popping the corn and we're getting yeah. in front of the TV. I mean, that's no. That I mean, big. and Filoni. I mean, Dave Filoni was just made the new executive creative director uh, over at Disney uh, uh, for in charge of the Star Wars stuff. I mean, no, no, there there is they are not. Uh, they are not going to continue. I mean, there's no plan for them to stop giving us series after series after series of Star Wars. There's just, it would be silly of them uh, to suddenly stop that. So it's just a matter of finding the right project for a big uh, uh, screen movie. And it's got to be, it's got to be right, right? Because now it has to even be better than Mandalorian. It's, it's got to be, it's got to wow you more than the Kenobi series. Um, so yeah, so maybe then that way they'll take their time. They'll get an excellent script, get some great writers, get a great director, um, and then give us something really memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm really, I think, I think that's the way going forward. Uh, this is the way, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have an issue with that. Um, and, and I just saw, you mentioned it at the, at the top 
Joseph, that they just announced a ba- a new Batman animated series. That's right, coming coming to to HBO, and a, so, and a Superman Superman animated series coming so to HBO. These things are going to be, you know, I, I, I'm I'm grateful that we we we've hit this renaissance with television, and 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 also arc driven storylines. Uh, I gone, you know, gone are the days where where Fonzie has to jump a shark. Right, like that's that 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 ship has sailed and and is not coming back. It's uh it's gone over the edge, uh, and has disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. So that's I, I'm grateful, and I and I love the fact that uh, I can watch uh, eight episodes and that's that's a season. I and it's and not only that, it's a complete thought. It's a it's a beginning, a middle, and an end. So uh, our, our, our producer, by the way, Ben Gibbs, has uh, pointed out that Rogue Squadron, the the Patty Jenkins uh, uh, Rogue Squadron movie uh, uh, that was that is scheduled for 2023, is is the next big Star Wars movie, right? Movie that they're, oh. that they're thinking of doing. So yeah, uh, which would I know be they great. announced it. I remember they announced it during their big D23. Uh, they gathering. did. Patty Jenkins yeah. walked up, and then she had the flight jacket on, and she put the, <laughs> she put the the helmet from the 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 the, the X wing fighter helmet mm-hmm. on, and she starts walking towards the X wing. It was it was a great it was a great announcement. I thought. Oh, that's cool. That's that. really oh, cool, man. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. god, I would have lost my mind if I got yeah. to do no, that. No, it was well done. It was I mean, because I thought, what is she doing? What is she doing? She's talking about her love of of, of planes and uh, from her father and and. And she's always loved that that the you know aerial combats and stuff. And I'm like, what the what are they, what is this? What are they announcing? And then oh, holy shit! She's putting on a goddamn X-wing uh, uh, pilot helmet on. Look at oh, she's walking towards an X-wing. Holy shit! <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, I good for her, and and I'm awesome. You know, I uh, that's uh, I, I I'm all for that. Uh, I I would love. I think and, and you know I I think. I think they're just going to be careful, you know, uh, going forward with this. We don't have to have trilogies anymore. These these series Thank God. have Thank become God. our trilogies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, you the, know. As, the trilogy is, it's, it, I mean, yes, it worked play. back in the day. But, yeah, it, it, it is now people just try to force uh, a, a movie to fit into a trilogy format when I just don't think it's necessary. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. The Hobbit is yeah. a perfect example. Hey, yes. we can turn yeah. this into a trilogy. A okay. Textbook example. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with. Uh, I, I think that's fantastic. I'm, I, I have no problem with, uh, with, with how we're going with this. And pretty bright at this. We're not. We're not finished with. Uh, we're not finished with Disney. Uh, the real litmus test for what Disney is going to do going forward, because you know those guys. They they don't miss a trick, and they would they wouldn't walk by a nickel uh, if it was in the middle of the street. Uh, <laughs> they are absolute. I'm sorry, was that out loud? Did I use? Did I use my He lies not. <laughs> I, I I know oh. I've dealt with them, but here's the deal. So they uh, so this is the you know if if this premium prestige thirty dollar to stay at home on your increasingly uh, broadening ass and watch uh, Black Widow with your kids screaming and the dog barking and the neighbor mowing their lawn if that's your jam and 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 they make enough money at it uh, then then they're going to keep doing it. 
you know, I don't think they've really made their money back on anything that they've done in that premium prestige format for like that, because most of what they've uh, given us so far has been, well, let's face it, second tier stuff. They've been pushing back all the premium content like Black Widow and uh, and the other Marvel movies and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Cruella, all that stuff. So this is going to be worth watching. I want to see what Cruella does, and I want to see what Black Widow does. Um, I suspect that we're going to have good returns on both of them. It's just rather not uh, Disney is, and and they've and Disney has also said that Spider Man at the end of the year will not be released through the app, and that's presumably because of Sony's involvement. Why would Sony want to give right. them the extra? cash yeah, you know yeah. no, i, I yeah. sony would be crazy to do that yeah that'd be which, silly. which reminds me joseph we are uh, write it into your calendar and I'm, I'm sure your lovely wife is going to agree with us but you guys are seeing dune with me in the oh, theater God, yes no okay. no oh, hey, hey 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 can the monkey come down of course, of course, the of monkey course. Can come down. are you kidding i intend to take up an entire row of nothing yeah. but us I've already uh, got. I've already got another couple of friends who vowed you cannot see this without me. Oh, um, absolutely! No, no, no. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. honestly, Brandy would kill me. Brandy would kill me if I yes. saw this Dune movie without her. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Mark, come down, stay here. Uh, you, you've got, you've got to go see this movie with us. Well, yeah. it, it, it's going to depend on uh, how things look over on my end. But if I, if there's a way for me to do it, I absolutely will. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I the, the, I am looking forward. I, there's I've not been looking this much afford this much to a movie in a long 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 time. I really uh, want to like it. I yeah, really want to be good. All time favorite sci-fi I'm novel. It has you. inspired so much of my writing and and worlds I've created. Uh, and Villeneuve is absolutely one of my favorite filmmakers. Well, and everything it, I've seen so far from yeah. him has there's no reason for me to worry uh i just can't wait i can't wait this is this is his last chance with me Uh, oh really oh that's right you hated hated blade runner 2049 fire with the fire of a thousand suns if this movie doesn't work for me he's dead to me but i want i want you guys to have fun and i want you to enjoy it and i really want to enjoy it too it's a it's a it's a you know what mark i'm a little I'm 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 going to be in kind of more in your camp. I'm I'm going into it with an open mind, but you know, my my wife and Aaron are are dunophiles if this ah, thing exists. Yes. So they're going to be like you know, I mean, we if we've they been, were a cookie, they'd be Lorna Dunes. That's, that's correct. Right. <laughs> that is correct. You just my, have to remember though, guys, this is half of the Dune novel. Yes. Right. This yes. is only half of the movie. Yes. So I don't want people to walk out, you know, like they were walking out of Fellowship, going. But they didn't get to the volcano. No, you're not. <laughs> right, right. This is only half of the book. As long as they don't hand out glossaries at the beginning, no, you, no, you buy your ticket, it will be okay. <laughs> um, back in the. Yeah, no, my my quick quick side story. My wife has been uh, uh, we've been pestering David Dalsmachian a little bit online. He's 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 become a friend. We kind of chat back and forth, asking, trying to get little details about Piter because she's like, you know, ask him if Piter's like this. Ask him if he's doing this. Ask him, say, honey, I don't want to get the man in trouble. The man's working, you know. I don't want to. <laughs> But he's he's such a sweetheart. He keeps like sending like one word or two word answers to our questions. Oh, <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, by he's... the way, I can't wait. I think he's going to be an amazing piter. I yes. can't wait. I cannot wait. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be ah. a lot of fun. And and it's coming, folks. And and we're going to be look. You know what? Here's raise your glasses, gentlemen. Here's to science. Yes. 
science helped us. Science got us through. Here we are. Yes. Um, we're able to go out again. We're able to go to theaters. We're able to enjoy. And if you, ladies and gentlemen, wish to stay home and watch you things at home, you had that option too. That's what we have. We have this great choice, um, you know, to, to stay at home. And, and if that works for you, great. If not, the theaters are opening. Go out there, patronize those theaters, help save the motion picture industry. They count on those dollars, um, you know, and, and there's nothing like taking a family out to the movies. In my and opinion, let me just say, if any of you want to come to the Vernon Plaza theater this summer and watch a movie, tell me that you heard me on the gentleman nerds and I will hook you up with free Plaza corn. Whoa, that's right. Free Plaza corn, which is, which is popcorn with actual salted sweet cream butter on it. Holy cow. We do yep. not use topping product oil or buttery or yellow anything we melt sticks of salted sweet cream butter and put it on top of the popcorn it's like 1975 all over again Shut baby. The front of door. yeah is Aaron, you and I are going to put disguises on. And we, <laughs> are. No. we are. You'll, oh. go, you'll go with Zemo and right. I'll go with somebody else. You know. Zemo we and Baron Voltan. Yes. There you go. Break out Voltan. Like I'll go with Voltan. You'll go with Zemo. We're done. Zemo I love and Voltan go into the theater. I, yeah, I, like I, I heard you on the gentleman nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello, stranger. Yes, you deserve some popcorn for your efforts. <laughs> Is that real butter? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, You've come I a long wait. way. You deserve I, a treat. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, guys, uh, we got the red eyes. I think we've uh, we've covered our topics very well. Gentlemen, oh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure. The Gentleman Nerd, that's us, is a Cloak and Dagger production and written by Aaron Diarive, Mark Finn, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Fotinos, with additional material provided by The Power Broker. Music composed and performed by the amazingly talented Ben Gibbs. A reminder, an Easter egg is something recognizable hidden in the background that is not called out. Dancing by Helmut Zemo. Promotional material, <laughs> logos, and The Gentleman Nerd's mascot, created by Michelle Fitzpatrick. The Lobot Lounge bouncer is Maximilian, and our special guest bartender was from Madripoor. Oh my god, these snake egg shots, man. <laughs> our sound editor, mixer, fluffernutter enthusiast, and intentional producer is Ben Gibbs. Our executive producer, and the man we all pray never, ever, ever gets superpowers, is Aaron Diarive. The Gentleman Nerd's attorney is Dr. Gonzo. Lobot Lounge sculptures by Walter Paisley. Crowd control by the Infinity Snap. And or... Wardrobe provided by Suitcovia. Not only fine men's fashions, but casual wear, underwear, socks, t-shirts. Suitcovia, turning an international tragedy into a fashion destination. Ask for the Ultron discount. And Mark Farnash is the man in the gorilla suit. Web hosting by Bluehost. Tiger training by that bitch Carol Baskin. Join us in the Lobot Lounge when next we open. And please remember to be good to each other and yourselves. I'm Joseph Fotinos, reminding you all that, yes, Red Skull lives. As and... a cosmic ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and... Luck, 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 lucky. Hundred episodes? 
Leather bears. 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 It's because we're so goddamn good looking. That's the problem. I think that's why. Hey, what's going on now? What's going on now? Wookie sounds like bears and honey and Way too long. Grunts and growls and rolls. No, no. Yogi or, or, you know, Smokey. Pooh Bear. Those are good. Those are good. Shaved panda beef. Shaved panda beef. Shaved Bear. Damn bear. Bears and bear. 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 B